0: doing this morning how's everybody over here doing this morning all right there we go hey uh it is an honor and privilege to be before you I get to do part two of our sweet life series Uh, but before I get started I want to open up with a word of prayer and ask that God would use me to communicate his heart To you. I pray that you would open your hearts to receive what God would have for you. But I also want to pray just a prayer of gratitude for the country that we live in this weekend. Yeah? Uh, As we go into 4th of July, uh, I mean, it's 4th of July weekend, but on Tuesday is 4th of July, and we just remember, uh, you know what, we're here and we're not worried about what we're doing because we live in a free country. And I know there's There's things that maybe you disagree with, or you may uh, say, well, I don't like this about our country. I think we do have the best country in the world, though, and we should be grateful for living in here. So yeah, absolutely. So um, let's start by just praying and thanking God for that. So Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we thank you for um, this country that we live in. We thank you for the freedom that we have here. We thank you for the fact that we can worship you freely and not have to... Uh, hide that away, uh, that we can come before you and, and give you our hearts and our lives and not be afraid of um, our security in the midst of that. And so Lord, we thank you for the place that you blessed us with and we uh, don't want to take that for granted. And so we lift you up and we give you glory, honor, and praise for that. We are so grateful for where we live. Heavenly Father, I now pray for this service and I pray that you would use me to communicate your heart. God, I pray that you would speak through uh, my words and that my words would go into the hearts and into the spirits of the people listening to me right now and Lord, that it would penetrate into who they are. And, And Lord, our prayer is that we would leave this place differently than when we came in. And Lord, we thank you for these things and if that's your prayer, say Amen. Amen. Well, like I said, uh, this is part two of our Sweet Life series. Um, Our foundational scripture is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, and it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it goes on and says this, against such things there is no law think about that for just a minute. Against such things, there is no law. What is Paul writing there? He is actually saying this. If you operate in these nine fruits, then you don't have to be worried about a list of do's and don'ts, because if you're operating in these things, they will take care of that. How cool is that? Now, here's something I want to bring to your attention before I get into uh, the second gift, which is joy, or the second fruit, which is joy. I want you to, to realize something about all of the fruits of the Spirit, and that is this. The Bible says that when we ask Jesus to come into our heart and come into our life, that the Holy Spirit is deposited into our spirit. Nicodemus was asking Jesus about this and was trying to figure out what it all meant. And Jesus says, Hey, listen, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And Nicodemus says, Well, I mean, do you you have to get back in your mother's womb? And he said, No, not at all. You need to understand this is a spiritual birth. And just like our flesh birth, that we were born into certain families, and because of that, we got those characteristics. In the same way, in the spiritual birth, when we're born again into the kingdom of God, we get certain characteristics. The fruit of the Spirit is a list of some of those characteristics that you and I have inside of us. going to do a quick pop quiz. I want you to shout it out. What is the answer to this question? When you asked Jesus into your heart and you had the Holy Spirit deposited into you, how much of the Holy Spirit did you get? All of them. All of them. You didn't get a part. You didn't get peace. But what's interesting is we say that with our mouths, but do we really believe it? Amen. Because if that's true, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those fruits are within us. But how many times do we actually go praying like we're trying to obtain them? Or we live our lives in a way that we're trying to strive after them? The truth is, if you need love in your life, you should be praying this. God, I know that all the love I need is inside of me. Help me to be led by my spirit more than my flesh. God, I have patience in me. Let me be led by my spirit and not my flesh. And so I put in your notes, if you have asked Jesus into your heart, you have the fruit of the spirit. You don't need to strive to get them. You have them. So pray in such a way that says, Holy Spirit, let me live out in those things. And I'll be talking a little bit more uh, this morning about what that kind of looks like. Week number two, joy. Now, interestingly enough, in December, uh, December 17th and 18th, I actually had the opportunity to speak and uh, the topic of the message was joy to the world. And so if you wanna go back, you can go online and listen to that. I'm not going to teach the same message. I asked the Lord to give me something brand new and fresh, and I think he he has. Uh, But I want you to know that it is available to go online uh, because some of the foundational truths of that message, which was this. I taught that uh, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And what I said is I believe that's a progression. You need to be in right standing with God in order to receive peace, And once you have peace, then you can walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit. And so go back and listen to that. Um, This is kind of going from that foundation and building on that. And so I was asking God, God, what direction do you want me to go in regards to joy when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit? And he actually brought me, to be honest, to kind of a strange scripture. As a matter of fact, I said uh, to my wife, what do you think about when we talk about joy? Um, and she said a bunch of things, and I said, well, this is what came to my mind. And she goes, oh, I wouldn't have ever thought about that in regards to the fruit of the Spirit. And the scripture I want to focus on today is this one. James chapter one, verses two through four, and it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Amen. Everybody with me? Uh, let me, let me, let me start over. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Uh, okay, uh, just real quick, another pop quiz. Uh, how many of us in this room make up brothers and sisters? All of us. Yeah, not quite as convincing as the first time when I said, how much of the Holy Spirit? All. Oh! Face trials of many kinds. Yeah, all. But here's the truth. Um. This is something that James wrote because it's a very important part. As a matter of fact, it's in chapter one. It's verse number two. It must be a, of some importance to what he's trying to get across to us. And it says this Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Ooh, how many of you want that part of that? I don't want to lack anything. And it's interesting because we take that and we'll go, amen, I would love to be a person that doesn't lack anything. But in order to get the second part, you have to understand what the first part says. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind. There's another section of scripture that Paul writes in Romans that I think directly correlates to this. It's found in Romans chapter five, verses three and four, and it says this. But we also glory in our suffering. Yes, thank you. Whoever did that, that's awesome right there. I was looking for that. We also glory, think about that. We also glory. You know what, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, I was glorying in that victory, right? I mean, that's the picture I I get of that word. Man, I I mean, we were just celebrating, we were just having, we were rejoicing. How many of you are doing that when you suffer? Yeah, I didn't think so. I struggle with that. Absolutely. But here's what the word says. Glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. If you're listening to me this morning, I'm betting that one of the reasons you're listening to me is because you want to develop your character. I mean, that's one of the reasons we come is we want to mature in our walk with God. As James says, we want to lack nothing. We want to develop character in our lives. And the Bible actually says that when we allow that character to develop, it actually produces hope in our lives. And so we live in a world, we live in a world right now that looks at those scriptures and I wish that people would come into my office or give me emails or phone calls and say, hey, Pastor Dan, help me to understand these so that I can live them out to the fullest. But the truth is, I'm, in, I'm watching a strange a dynamic start to take place. And that is this, instead of asking God, how, or Pastor Dan, how do I allow God to give me joy in the midst of a trial? Or how do I glory in suffering? I get this question a lot more often. And here's the question. If God is such an all-good, loving God, how could he allow suffering or trials to come into my life? Now, I understand in a world that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that is a very fair and legitimate question for them to ask. They don't have any idea of the purposes and plans of God. But the problem I see is that that thinking And that line of thought is starting to infiltrate into the church and people who love Jesus that say they've professed and asked him into their hearts, they are starting to ask that question. Well, if God is so loving, why would he allow me to suffer? If God is so loving, why would he allow a trial to come my way? Church, let me make something very clear. The Bible and Jesus himself never promised that it would just be rose gardens once you asked him into your heart. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ, in his own words, said this, you will have trouble in this life. That's what Jesus said. Now, I wish I could tell you what the Bible says is that you call upon the name of the Lord and everything gets nice and easy. And it's all sunshine and roses and just the perfect amount of rain just to make you happy. But that's not what the Bible says. But it's interesting because that question that the world is asking is starting to come into the church and people are starting to say, if God is so loving, if he's so kind, why am I suffering? Why am I having to deal with trials? The Bible says, not only will you have suffering, not only will you have trials, but you are supposed to glory and take great joy in them. That's what the Bible says. And so I start praying God, are you sure you want me to go this direction? And he says, Yes. And I said, Okay. Well, then I need an example that will make this understood. I need you to give me something that will drive the point home that people will never forget for the rest of their lives. That's a pretty powerful request I'm asking. And I'm reading this book one day and I just read this one sentence and God spoke through that sentence and I was like, "Mm, that is it. And he gave me a cake. (laughs) A cake, you ask? Yes. Let me see if I can't illustrate how to take joy and how to glory in our sufferings and trials. Pastor Dion and Jack Dodge are our Parker Campus pastors. And Pastor Dion, she uh, on the side likes to bake wedding cakes and party cakes and that kind of stuff. And so I went to her earlier this week and I said, hey, would you mind making me uh, just like a a cake? You know, I was thinking like a little square cake. I I could show you. Hey, look at the cake. Um, She's like, no, no, no. I'm making this. And this is beautiful. Uh, Here's the good news with being in the 1045 service. You get to have your cake, and afterwards you get to eat it too. (laughs) We're going to pull this out into the foyer, and we're going to enjoy this. And by the way, I've had some, and you'll see why. I want to show you what's in this cake. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting people over here. kind of waved. Whoa. Try that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff right there. Let me tell you what's in this cake real fast. On the bottom, we have a yellow cake, and it is super, super yummy. This is probably my favorite down here, by the way. Um, now, it's not just, you can kind of see it right here at the very tip there on the slice, but inside this yellow cake is half of it is filled with raspberry filling, the other side is filled with lemon filling. Oh yeah, I can start here, mmm, yeah, over Okay, I know that's not the cake for everybody. So this middle one here, probably should, I don't know, could have been reversed here, but this middle one is chocolate cake. Oh yeah, now there goes, yum, yeah, yeah. Inside of this chocolate cake, half of it is filled with fudge. Oh, oh yeah. The other half, raspberry. Now, if you don't like those, then maybe we catch you here. On the top is a carrot cake filled with cream cheese. Mmm. Should have had napkins on all the (laughs) chairs just to (laughs) to wipe the saliva that's going on. Um, Okay, so Pastor Dan, how does this cake have anything to do with trials and suffering? Um, Let me see if I can't put this together. I believe this cake, and I hope that you'll give me the liberty to say this, no matter what flavor you like. You know, I I posted on Facebook, hey, I get to speak soon, Uh, help me out by answering this strange question, what is your favorite cake? And I got over 100 responses, and it was all over the board. And uh, some of the cakes that are represented here, some that aren't. There's a lot of different flavors of cakes out there, without a doubt, but here's overwhelmingly the truth of my little impromptu survey. Everybody loves cake. There was two responses of people that said, I don't like cake, and they're liars. <laughs> Maybe just self-deceived a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, no, it's, it's interesting because it's something that, you know, I remember uh, raising my kids and when they turned one, what would you do You put a big cake in front of them and you just hope they stick their face in it, right? (laughs) We we train them early to like cake from the beginning of of birth almost when they can start eating real food. Yeah, cake is the first thing you should eat. (laughs) We can relate to this. Most people like it. And so here's, here's, if you'll give me the liberty and the freedom to do so, let's picture this cake as us. And here's the truth. We're all a little bit different. We all have a little bit of different flavoring. Um, But the truth is, um, let's let this cake represent abundant life in us. Jesus said, I came to give life, but not only life, but abundant life. I believe that God wants us to understand that he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. He has purposed and he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And he has a destiny, he has plans for you and it is gonna be represented by this cake today. Now I asked Dion, I said, when it comes to cakes, tell me a little bit about what makes up a cake. And she said, interestingly enough, Dan, almost in every cake, straight across the board, there are very key foundational ingredients that are in every single cake. Now, for those of you that bake, I'm trust, I don't bake, I'm just trusting what she said, but I, I trust it to be true, because as I was looking through recipes, there were some very key foundational ingredients that made up all of the cakes. And so, somebody actually posted on that Facebook page... Um, a recipe for a cola cake. So I'm going to use those ingredients to illustrate a point. The first ingredient in this cola cake is two cups of flour. Now in this mason jar is two cups of flour and I'm gonna taste a little bit of it. It's a powder that quite honestly doesn't have much taste. It's a little chalky. It's very dry. Can you imagine eating this? All want? Anybody want to just down this flower while I'm teaching? <laughs> you don't get any water. You just have to choke this down. Yeah, nobody. Let me just ask you something. Have you ever had a time in your life, maybe a trial in your life, where you ended up quite dry? Where things just didn't have much life? It was chalky, it was bland, it was dry. Let's let that flower represent that. The next one uh, is a teaspoon of baking soda. Now, I, at the nine o'clock service, stuck my finger in here and had the taste of baking soda in the back of my throat for the remaining of the message. I will not be doing that in this service. (laughs) Baking soda is, to be quite honest with you, very bitter. It's extremely salty tasting and almost metallic. It kinda almost offends your mouth. Have you ever had a trial in your life that was very bitter? Something that took place in your life that didn't taste well, that was almost offensive in your life? Let's let this represent that. Uh, The next ingredient that it calls for, and again, I will not be tasting this, is one half cup of buttermilk. Buttermilk is milk gone wrong, in my opinion? <laughs> Some people like it. I do not. It's incredibly sour, and let me just simply ask you this: if you ever had something happen in your life that left you sour. Maybe it's even something in this world that you've seen take place that has turned your stomach sour. Or maybe it's something that's happened to you or a family member. Let's let the buttermilk represent that. The next ingredient that I need to bring up is um, pure vanilla extract. Now, the interesting thing about this vanilla extract is this. It smells really good and tastes offensively bad. (laughs) Harsh, if you would, almost. I can't even describe the taste. It's just... I tried it at home. It's not good, but it smells great. Have you ever had a trial that looked really good, only to find out it was terrible? Ever bought a car that you thought, this is awesome, it smells good, and it turned out to be a lemon, and it was terrible? I know nobody can relate to these things. Now, before I go on, I I want you to understand that as I'm developing this and bringing out the ingredients to this cola cake, which end up being mostly the same ingredients that are in all of these cakes, Um, I want you to understand God doesn't create these ingredients in our lives, but he uses dry times, bitter times, sour times, harsh times. He uses them to make us into this beautiful thing. And as we go through things in life, again, I don't believe that God says, okay, I'm gonna give Dan a bitter moment. But he does allow these things to come into our lives so that it ultimately shapes who we are. And I'm gonna try to give you a practical illustration by telling a little story about my life. Um, And I'm gonna just be transparent, and I hope you don't judge me for this, uh, but it took place this January. January 16th, to be exact, it was the day before we were, my wife and I, Kim, were to take my 18-year-old daughter, Alyssa, to New Zealand to go to YWAM, Youth with a Mission. My daughter graduated early in December. Two days prior, we had just had a great graduation party. As a matter of fact, we had a bunch of family and friends come over. We filled our living room with these wonderful people. It was, it was like this ingredient for this cola uh, cake, like these marshmallows. They were jammed together in my living room. And everybody was sweet and nice. And they were sticking together and we started praying for her. And it was just a really sweet moment. To be quite honest, loved that day, loved the ingredient of that day. And we were having a good time. But two days later on Monday, January 16th, woke up to about six to eight inches of snow on the ground. It's about 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and what I didn't know is how slick it was outside. It had rained first and then snowed. My daughter woke up and said, Hey, a bunch of us want to go to the movies. Kind of the last hurrah before I leave, Dad. Can I go? Absolutely. I live a mile away from the AMC in Highlands Ranch, and I was like, Take the four wheel drive and go enjoy yourself. Have a great time. About 15 minutes later, I get a phone call from my daughter. I'm on I 25. I've slid off the road. I'm stuck in a ditch. What? Why are you on I-25? Well, we were going to go to Castle Rock to watch the movie. What? This would have been good information to know. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Nobody else has flesh rise up in them, I know, especially parents. I get it. It's just me. Like I said, don't judge. I'm like, okay, well, I I guess I'm going to get into my wife's car, which is a little sedan, and I'm going to try to help you out. Hang up the phone, and my son calls. He's going to school in Montana State, uh, in Bozeman, at Montana State. And he calls and tells us that he has been extremely, extremely sick. Like, up all night type sick. You know what I mean? And so he... Um, he calls and he's like, oh, and I just don't feel her again. And Kim and I are like, God, what are you doing? Now, a lot of people at that time might go, God, if you're such an all-loving God, why fill in the blank? Oh, but it gets better. So I, I can't handle this. Kim, you take this. I get into her car. I pull out of my cul-de-sac, realize, oh my goodness, it's super slick. I'm going down Veneford Ranch Road and there's a little corner before you get up to university and I start sliding. I'm not going that fast and I cannot stop. I hit the curb and my front tire goes clink. In a matter of minutes, two cars stuck. I'm able to get out of that. I start to go home. My phone rings. Hey, some really cool firemen helped me out, and I'm out of the ditch. Okay, good. What do you want me to do? Uh, Come home. In my nicest, gentlest tone. I go home. I decide to shovel the walk while I'm waiting for her to come to the driveway, and I'm shoveling going like this. The fruit of the Spirit are in you, Dan. Let the fruit come out. Be gentle. Be kind. Be good. Be loving. Be loving. She pulls up, she gets out of the car and I give her a big hug and I said, how are you doing? And I can tell she's upset. And so we just start talking, hey, you're okay and that's what's most important. I'm glad you're okay. Tell me a little bit about what happened. Well, this was going on and and, well, how's the truck? Oh, it's driving terrible. (sighs) In the midst of that conversation, learned that not only did she hit the front end, but it went boom, boom and hit the back end. What do you mean to hit the back end? Let me go look. Never go look. <laughs> Don't go look. I go out, I go look. Sure enough, the front bumper, and the tire, driver's side, passenger side. Not good. Go to the back side, bumper all crushed. Passenger side tire. Why were you going to Castle Rock? Well, we were gonna meet our friends and all that. Well, it's a bummer that your graduation money is gonna have to pay for this. She takes off, goes to her bedroom. It wasn't my finest moment. Brings me to another ingredient in this cake. Cake calls for butter. A half stick of butter in this particular um, cake. And um, though I, I... I'd hope nobody would eat a half stick of butter. Some of you might actually be crazy enough if I dipped it in sugar to actually eat the half stick of butter. Uh, people call that a shame stick. It's a real thing. I'll let the laughter just keep going for a little bit. Hey, you know what? Here's a <laughs> Here's question I have for you. Have you ever said in a trial or in suffering, things that you were ashamed of? Ever done something that you were like, "Ah, I want those words back. And at that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, I have just wounded my daughter, um, but I'm so mad, I don't even know how to deal with this, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go drive the car and see how bad it is. Don't ever go drive the car get in the car, I drive around the neighborhood and come back, and it's bad. I mean, it's, I mean, it was terrible. And it didn't help me at all, it just made me uh, gurgle even more. So I go upstairs, my wife is in our master bedroom, I go upstairs, I look her in the face, and I go, both our cars are, and I said bad words. My wife's testimony would be this, in 25 years, I've never heard Dan say these words. Leave that to your imagination. Don't judge me. (laughs) The second I said that, though, something happened in me. I realized I'm being led by my flesh. I said that to my wife. I turned around and immediately went to my daughter's bedroom because I realized I have a choice here to be led by my flesh or led by my spirit, and I choose life. I choose God. And I walked into my daughter's bedroom and I laid down on her bed beside her and I said, honey, listen, I'm human. I'm struggling in my flesh and I'm struggling with the spirit and and I'm trying to choose the right one. And I just want to let you know, the enemy is trying to steal away what God has for you. You're about to leave and go to YWAM and do the great things that God wants to do and he wants to steal your joy. And he wants to steal my joy as a parent. And so here's what we're going to do, you and I. We're not going to allow him to do this. We are going to take all these nasty ingredients and put them into our cake. And we're still going to have fun. I want you to go out with your friends. I want you to go this afternoon. Get out of here. Go have fun. They're going to have to pick you up because we don't have a single car that works. (laughs) But you go have fun. And hey... At least both cars can be in the shop while we're in New Zealand getting fixed. It's awesome. So we move on from that. And she has fun that day. And the very next day, we actually get to go to New Zealand. And I know some of you are feeling very bad for me. But in this cola cake, this was a sweet thing for us. Especially after all of these ingredients that have been going on. This is a can of cola. Now, the nice thing about this is that most people love this. It's sweet, it's bubbly, it's like a party in your mouth. And that's kind of how the trip to New Zealand started. We fly there, we land, it's a beautiful place. We check into our Airbnb, the first one, it's right on the ocean, it's beautiful. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. And we start to enjoy our day when we get a phone call from my son at school. By the way, he had told us right before we left, I'm feeling much better. We're like, all right. Well, he calls us and he says, hey guys, I'm in the emergency room. At this point, with all of this that happened, to be quite honest, it took us from having this really joyful high to a very raw moment. Anybody ever have a raw moment? You know, this cake actually asks for two raw eggs. Anybody wanna eat this right now? I'll give it, I mean, somebody can swallow this down real quick while I'm still teaching. (laughs) You know what, nobody, not very many people like raw eggs and I don't think um, too often we like raw situations in our life, but they come, don't they, from time to time? We have raw moments. We have trials, we have suffering that, man, strip us to the core of who we are. And here we are in New Zealand, starting to wonder, do we have to fly back? What are we gonna do with Alyssa? We're not supposed to drop her off for a few more days. What are are we supposed to do? Now, in order for time, I'm just gonna skip real quickly through, he was fine. He's sitting here right now with me. Um, And what had happened is because he got so sick, earlier that year he had a surgery, uh, put a metal rod into his wrist and, The reason he was in the emergency room is they thought that that had gotten infected, but what had happened is because of the sickness, he just had a rash um, that went away in just a couple days. And so we heard the doctor's report and we said, okay, God, we trust in you. Uh, Let's find out how this goes. And sure enough, a couple days later, he was fine. And we were actually able to go on to the rest of our trip. And the last ingredient in this cake is a cup and a half of sugar. Now, sugar is very sweet. I don't know too many people that wouldn't mind sticking their finger and just having a little taste. Tastes good. Tastes very good. And that's exactly what happened on this trip is it was good. We had a blast. We got to spend a few more days with our daughter. We dropped her off at YWAM. And then my wife and I took the next 25 days to go from the North Island down to the South Island. Pastor John graciously gave me the time off. And we absolutely had a blast. Now, church, I... I don't want you to be like, oh, wow, I can't believe you went to New Zealand. don't, Don't judge me for the words I said or the trip I had. Here's what I want you to realize. We could have allowed these ingredients to ruin our time. My cars were still broke. They were getting fixed. I could have been so angry at my daughter that I never talked to her again. I could have been really bitter about that. We have choices to make in our life. And it could have really hindered that. And here's the truth. Trials and suffering, whether it's a flat tire or losing somebody in your life, and I realize that's a huge spectrum, but the truth is when they happen, they're very relative to you. And we get a choice to make at that time. Are we gonna be led by our flesh or are we gonna be led by the spirit that's inside of us? The word of God says this in Nehemiah. He says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I, I don't know this to be 100% true, but I think out of all of the nines of the fruit of the Spirit, this is the only one where the Bible actually refers to it as our strength. Do you need strength right now to go through something? The word says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not a 12 pack of Krispy Kreme donuts, it's not a 12 pack of beer. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So how do we get that? Psalms actually says this in chapter 16. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. The two fill in the blanks there. Joy is our strength. The second one, fullness of joy comes from being in relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want strength in your life, understand that being connected to Jesus Christ and being fully aware to his presence, that begins to bring you joy. And as you have that joy, then you can have the strength to overcome whatever trial or whatever suffering it is that he has you in or that he is allowed to happen to your life. Again, church, these ingredients, You need all of them to make this cake. Interestingly enough, you take out the one teaspoon of baking soda out of this recipe, and this is terrible. And we live our lives in a way where we say, God, I don't want any of the nasty ingredients, only give me the good ones. Can you imagine sugar, cola, and marshmallows, what kind of cake that would make? Not a very good one. To be honest with you, I don't think anybody would actually eat it. But when it comes to our lives, look at this cake again. It's a beautiful cake. God wants us to have abundant life. And he says, I am going to use all the ingredients that you may face. The trials, the tribulations, the sufferings, And if you will allow me to, I'm going to make you into something that is beautiful, that tastes good, that smells good, and that changes this world. I'm going to conclude by reading a quote out of a book called Sifted. It's written by a pastor. His name is Wayne Cordillero. And this is the quote My iPad died. Perfect timing. The most important decision you will ever make is to follow Jesus Christ. But the second is the attitude with which you choose to follow him. This perspective will largely determine how you approach life experiences and will shape your behavior and the way you deal with life's challenges. Now listen to this. He goes on and says this. In many situations... In many situations, the only difference between what you see as an ordeal and what you see as an opportunity is your attitude. In many situations, the only difference between what you see as an ordeal or what you see as an opportunity is your attitude. And he goes on and says this. Each of us is only a change in perspective away from seeing our circumstances as God's goodwill for our lives instead of a disappointing, frustrating setback. Church, I am going to say it one more time. I don't believe that God puts these harsh, dry, bitter Nasty ingredients into our lives, but he does allow them to come into our lives because he realizes that if he does, he's going to take all things and work them for the glory of him. And he's going to shape into each one of us something that is absolutely magnificent and wonderful. The word says, again, when we consider it pure joy and we allow that to develop perseverance in us, that when it completes its work, that we become mature and we lack nothing. We're like a perfectly done cake. When we allow suffering to develop the perseverance that develops the character, it gives us hope to live our lives. Now, I'm going to say something in this service that I didn't say in any of the other services. All of these ingredients... First off, have to be mixed together and combined in the right way, but then it has to be put into an oven that's somewhere between 350 and 400 degrees. Sometimes we have to be put into the fire, but when we come out, when we come out, we become absolutely exactly what God created us to be. And so here's my hope, and I'll finish with this. First off, I hope that whenever you eat cake, you will never forget this message. I hope that every birthday party, wedding, and even a funeral, that that they roll out a cake, you'll be like, oh, Pastor Dan. Because I want you to remember this example that God gave to us. He wants us to have abundant life. He wants us to be a light in this world and he has told us in his word that sometimes some of the ingredients will be bitter and harsh sour and dry sweet stuck together a party in your mouth raw but when they're combined it's going to create the you that I saw before you were ever in your mother's womb And so when you face a trial and when you're suffering, I hope that from this day forward, you will remember this illustration and go, you know what, I'm not gonna let it bother me because it's just another ingredient to make me who I am. You know, what's interesting is if you go through something and I come up to you and go, hey, it's just a bitter ingredient in your life, it's gonna be good. You're gonna be like, get away from me. But now that you've heard this message, hopefully the Holy Spirit can come in and tell you that. And it's amazing the perspective change that you can have. And you can go, hey, this hurts, but I know it's going to shape me into who you want me to be. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you use all the ingredients that this life brings. We thank you for the fact that you take the bitter things, the harsh things, the sour things, the sweet things, and God, that you take those things, you actually refine them by the fire, and God, you make each one of us into the thing that you created us to be. And so, God, instead of us questioning how good you are or if you're good, instead of questioning you, God, may we come alongside of what you told us in your word. And in those times of trouble, in the times of trial, in the times of suffering, God, may we lift our eyes to you and simply recognize that you are our good father and you're gonna take this situation and help it to be just one of the ingredients that makes us into a wonderfully beautiful person. And God, help us to never forget these things and help us to live more by the spirit and the fruit of the spirit, the joy that you have for us, each and every day. God, may we be led by that spirit more than our flesh on an ongoing basis. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, church.